Hi guys, don't want to be an agenda bender, but uh, any chance of that? Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain spoilers. On this week's May Contain Spoilers, it's time to put the chat amongst the pigeons as we review Alan Partridge Alpha Papa. We'll also pop on a mask and attach a bird to our heads for the Lone Ranger, and JP will attempt to make Expendables 3 casting news exciting in this week's film news. If you've seen a film this week, then send us your reviews by tweeting at filmspoilers or email maycontainspoilers at hot1028.com. Hello and welcome to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham. I'm sidekick Drew Bridger. And I'm JP Stockwell. And this is pretty much the uh, the only sort of week we can get away with, with being quite amateurish because we can say it's all just uh, an homage to Alan, Alan Partridge. <laughs> uh, so that was Roachford and Cunnily Toy taken from the title sequence of Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. And if you've seen the film, you will. Uh, I think you'll find it difficult not to smile at that, that moment. It's now become one of my favourite songs ever just because of that. I think so. It's definitely been been one I've enjoyed listening to in the car on uh, on the motorway with some leather driving gloves. Yes. Exactly. I like the thought I'd, of leather driving gloves. I don't know why. but I, I generally like the thought of driving gloves. They keep my hands nice and soft. That's right. We're talking about driving gloves. Yay! Uh, coming up on tonight's show. Whoever gonna... said we're amateurs. Exactly. We're going to be reviewing uh, Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, also The Lone Ranger, of course, uh, starring Johnny Depp and Army Hammer. Uh, we'll also have the usual sort of things. Sofa Cinema, film news. We've got a new feature called... Uh, oh, particularly fitting considering that we're talking about Alan Partridge <laughs> crowdsourcing corner which uh, nice. Drew, Drew will be leading us into uh, later on in the show and uh, also next week's releases as well so if you've seen any of the films we're talking about this week or you just want to tell us about uh, anything you have seen in cinemas then you can tweet us at film spoilers or you can email spoilers at hot1028.com also something we've been asking and I kind of started this earlier in the week on Twitter uh, I watched Prometheus this week for the first time since I saw it in the cinemas and uh, as I mentioned on the show when we reviewed it, I managed to miss the first eight minutes of it because I got the start time wrong. So I bought my ticket very early. I went to the bar and kind of sat down, had a coffee, thought, well, I've still got ages yet, wandered up and realised it was already ten minutes in because I can't read a ticket. So I finally got round to watching it again. But you had something uh, to drink. Well, maybe. And uh, I thought, wow, I wonder what's the, the longest someone's gone uh, without watching the whole of a film. So how long did it take you to catch up? with the entirety of a film so we've had quite yeah. a few people joining in with those if you've got an example tweet at film spoilers uh, probably just on twitter for that one to be honest but yeah. we'll read them out during the show yeah absolutely so let's get on with our first review of the week which is alan partridge alpha papa and uh, there's not a synopsis for this which is interesting so i just have to make up my own the story is alan partridge is still presenting mid-morning matters uh, on a north norfolk digital radio station when it's overtaken by a large media conglomerate called shape and they want to uh, make it slightly more young and hip and that maybe doesn't fit in with alan or a few of the other presenters he finds out his job could be at risk manages to palm it off onto another dj played by cole meany who decides that he's not going to go about a fight and holds everyone hostage the only person to speak to is alan uh, and Alan steps up to the plate. Now, are you on any medication? Uh, just some cream. 
Uh, I've got very aggressive athlete sports, but that's the only thing about me that is. And do you suffer from any nervous conditions such as panic attacks? <laughs> do I look like I suffer from panic attacks? I've had one panic attack in a car wash. It was a perfect storm of no sleep, uh, no wife, and angry brushes whirring towards me. Um, by the time the giant hairdryer came on, I was in the footwell. Does the idea of weaponry trouble you? No, oh, no, I've fired several rifles. I've fun fairs and won prizes, but I've never fired one in anger uh, or at a cat. So Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, stars uh, Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge and also Cole Meany as Pat Farrell and really everyone that you would know from the uh, the TV series. So uh, Michael makes an appearance and also Lynn, course, Lynn and Psychic Simon and... Pretty much, you know, they're, they're the characters that you would hope would turn up. In Dave it. Clifton. Dave Clifton as well, yeah. That, probably it, actually, after that. But they're all in there. So uh, I think we should say from the start whether we were fans of Alan Partridge beforehand. Uh, I was, so I'm going to come clean about that. JP? Absolutely, yeah. I was, quite, I was probably quite late to the game, but uh, I definitely did enjoy uh, the, the, the original Knowing Me, Knowing You and then the, the the two seasons of I'm Alan Partridge after that. Got the box set, so <laughs> true fan. Yeah. I never really was. Really? Interestingly okay. enough, I watched, I think I watched a few episodes of um, I'm Alan Partridge. What I saw of them, I liked. Uh, I think it was, you know, I saw the ones where he's going on about Bond and sort of stop getting Bond wrong and that. Um, and I enjoyed them, but it was never something that really kind of hooked me in. Um, but that makes this all the more interesting for me because even though I wasn't hooked in by that TV show, I still it's like I still got the humor and I understood where they were coming from with it. And I think that made this film a lot more enjoyable for me. And Actually. I should say that I wasn't a diehard fan from the get-go either. It's, it took me a little bit of time to appreciate some of the It's something you want to. Of, yeah, just it? because there's a lot of things that are kind of going on and references and things like that. that you have to learn the character, don't you? And yeah. I think that's where um, the film succeeds, is that it has the section at the start where it introduces the character to people who don't know who Alan Partridge is. But also, if you know who he is, you don't find it annoying that you're having to be reintroduced to him. And uh, although I'm a massive fan of I'm Alan Partridge and Mid Morning Matters and all that sort of stuff, I'm not as big a fan as no, of No Me, Knowing You, although I do still like it and the day to day as well, obviously brilliant. But it's more that sort of I'm Alan Partridge, later Partridge that I'm a fan of. And there's plenty of that sort of humour in this, but there's also a bit of the kind of broader humour as well, which maybe I'm not such a big fan of, but is part of the Partridge character, so I don't have a problem with that. But I had really high expectations coming into this film. Massive Alan Partridge fan. Was terrified that it wasn't going to work because a lot of sitcoms, when they're moved into films, don't tend to work. And at the end of the day, what it came down to was I laughed more than I've laughed at any other film this year, definitely, if not for many years. Yes. And it almost doesn't matter what the story is, although I do think the story is, is well, well done and I do think it, it justifies being a film. But more than anything else, it's just really funny. I, I definitely thought it's the, one of the funniest films I've seen all year. And like I said, I wasn't too big an Alan Partridge fan to begin with, but I got where they were coming from. And then I, I went to see this and I, and I found myself in hysterics all the way through. I didn't think I would like this more than The World's End. If you'd asked me at the start of the year, which I was looking forward to more, I would have said The World's End. But 
after seeing this, it's way funnier. And that's actually interesting to bring up from the TV series as well, people being reintroduced. Because lately, you know, I feel like we've had this uh, this long string of TV adaptations to the screen that have all just sort of felt like extended episodes, like the Inbetweeners movie, and to a bit of a lesser extent, the Simpsons movie. But, you know, that's the Simpsons movie. It's amazing, so I mean, whatever. But um, I felt like this was so outside of the Alan Partridge comfort zone because you're putting him so far out of his normal situations that it becomes doubly funny because the situation that he's in is ridiculous and his attitude towards it is ridiculous. I do think he's outside of his norm, but at the same time you can recognise the situations for, for ones that are suitable for Alan. So even though it's a siege, it's still a siege at a provincial local radio station yes. in, and Norwich. in Norwich. <laughs> and uh, it's between some middle-aged men. And uh, it, it's got everything it's, that Alan would be comfortable in. Exactly. But slightly kind of amped up and blown out of control as well. It's like the negotiator in rural England. It really is, yeah. <laughs> because he, he has that, that role of being where everyone's, where everyone's really, really polite. And that's it's interesting you mentioned the negotiator because that's where I enjoyed the film the most is when you have Alan sat next to Pat Farrell played by Cole Meany and Alan's just being himself the broadcaster yeah. and that's where the, the comedy kind of comes from I think when you get to hear the talking points that he comes up with and the throwaway sentences and the what's your favourite type of manga and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and that that's the best Alan for me the kind yeah. of the, 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 the really small things that he, he make big big moments of just just sort of general chat but you do get the the kind of action scenes as well but they're incredibly Alan so you get shootouts but they're involving uh, a rifle on chroma pit clobber yeah and you get all of that so I think it, it justifies being a film it's funny but it still has that affection for the original TV series yeah I think one of the things that I was slightly down on um that was kind of conflicting me of what parts I was liking and what parts I wasn't as much is that I did enjoy Alan's kind of reaction and his input to the situation he was in but I didn't quite find the actual plot and just the kind of mechanics of it as funny um, which was a slight problem for me I felt it did suffer a little bit of kind of plot-itis you know this felt a bit like the the adventures of alan but where i was i would have just preferred to have watched alan do his stuff but it is good how they interact the or alan's interaction with the situation and his comments about what's going on well, that, well that's but I what didn't i was find, saying yeah, yeah. I, but I, so i agree with that but i didn't find the actual situation as interesting or as why, funny i'll tell you why i think the situation of a siege works in this respect is in a way I kind of agree with you but at the same time the siege seems very minor yeah. and it's Alan's personality to think that things that are minor he wants to blow them up into being enormous and important and he's got illusions of, of grandeur basically so he thinks he is the, the negotiator or he's in Bravo 2-0 and all that sort of thing yeah. and it's like he's waited his whole life for this opportunity to have the whole world looking at him and eventually he gets that through this siege. And it's like he can't wait to, to, to grab it with both hands. And I think as a plot device, that works really nicely. And I don't really know how else they would have achieved that without this storyline. Because all the other things that would happen in, in these sorts of films is 
and it's a bit of a cliche to say, but Alan goes to America, Alan, you know, wins the lottery, Alan, blah, 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 don't yeah. have that same um, ability to bring out the best bits of the character that, yeah. that this story does. I don't doubt that maybe there's a better story out there somewhere, but I think this is probably about as good as I could have hoped for. Yeah, I think, I think it was just that, you know, they followed... Uh, or how they tried to conclude this type of story just felt a little bit more familiar and the jokes started to kind of wean a little bit at the end because they f- they were focusing on the plot aspect, which I didn't find as Maybe. interesting slightly l- further down the road. I, mean. I think some of the bigger laughs I had towards the end, although they weren't as frequent, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I, maybe I'm giving it a little bit of a uh, an easy time because I found it so funny so that I wasn't really paying attention to, to what was going on too much in the plot some slight problems I had with it were more around some of the uh, the other characters so the uh, the other DJs on the station particularly like the, the breakfast presenter and uh, the, the people like that so not the, the characters that we have previous with like Phil Cornwall's Dave Clifton and Lynn and Michael and all those sort of people, because we know going into it as a Partridge fan, what they do, what they mean, all of that sort of thing. With these new characters, it felt like they were a little bit sort of one-dimensional, and you didn't really know much about them other than he had a young person's haircut and things like that. So perhaps we could have done a little bit more of that sort they're of stuff. They're almost there as expendable extras. Yeah, although... They're, they're in there for a joke, and then yeah, they're, they're the comedy, under a rug. They're the comedy, comedy equi- equivalent relief. of yeah. uh, a zombie film where there's people just to be eaten. Yeah. In these sort of films, they're there just to have jokes made about them. So I guess that's necessary, but they don't really add much to the story, and you don't really know much about them other than the fact that they've got a young person's haircut and they listen to young people's music. I think what I like the most, I mean, going back to my earlier point, is is the sort of situation, the whole bizarreness of the entire situation and the fact that he has this attitude towards it that is typically Alan Partridge of it, you know, making a big thing out of something that's already kind of big in that area. One of my favourite things about um, the character of Alan Partridge is that when Steve Coogan first started doing it, he had to put old man makeup on to look like Alan. And now he's <laughs> kind of grown to the age that Alan is anyway, of yes. sort of a man in his 50s. And in a way, he's trying to be slightly younger and hipper yeah, now. And so it's like before he was young trying to be old, and now it's the other way around a little a little bit. Yeah, and he, I think yeah. he look, Alan as a person now looks better than ever before because he is just Steve Coogan but with a wig on. And uh, it's almost as if, and I know Steve Coogan has said this, that Alan is now sort of happy in who he is. So, like, he, he's reached his 50s, he stopped trying to be cool, he stopped trying to... Although he, he just thinks he is cool now. I think he thinks that he's a, a veteran broadcaster and well-respected and all that sort of thing, and he's much happier in his in his skin and his uh, sportswear jackets and yeah. chino trousers. He's, he, he's, he does feel every now and again to try and, you know, use some hip vernacular or something like that yeah um for the most part i agree he does feel like he actually has reached his the the point that he was meant to be at and going back to the the plot of alan partridge it's almost as if you can take that character and drop him into almost any situation 
and it would kind of work. You, and he'll find, have an opinion or something to say. Yeah, Steve Coogan is now so synonymous with that role and he's so comfortable playing it that you can kind of put him anywhere and it would work. You could drop him into... he's got opinions about everything. Yeah, you could great. drop him into he's Superman. Just a guy, yeah, exactly. And he would be funny. He, he, yeah. like, you, you know that Alan would find something funny to say in that situation. You could drop him into... I'm trying to think of other films that are around. You can't go around knocking down buildings. Who's going to pay for that insurance? Now, see, what we did before the show. Slipped into it. I I put down a rule that no one was allowed to do any Alan Partridge impressions during the show because I thought it was tedious for people listening. And Drew's broken that rule. I've broken that rule. It's £100,000 you owe me now, Drew, unfortunately. Um, get, hang on, let me get my checkbook out. I'll just, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take twenty in cash off you. Okay, so all right then. We'll no more partridge. Uh, I was, questions. I was more doing it to paint the image in people's heads of Alan Partridge being in Superman. Thanks. More than anything, because well, I, sure. ba- I had this funny image in my head that I, th- I felt needed to be shared. So, I think it's probably fine because that was just the once, but having yeah. had an hour of it beforehand, maybe it's just for me, it's more of a problem. So, uh, let's give Alan Partridge Alpha Papa scores out of five. JP, you can go first. Uh, I think I'm going to go with three, I think, overall. I, I think that, yeah, I did find it really funny. Um, it was just the 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 plot and how it kind of wraps up at the end just felt a little bit like a little bit thinner where whereas what I like about Alan is just him in a studio talking about stuff um and just all of his wackiness and things like that so three for me overall okay drew uh I'm gonna go far higher than that actually because I really enjoyed this film and I was laughing horrendously throughout it so I'm going to give it 4.5 four and a half stars um it didn't quite go all the way up to like the perfect comedy of the year for me because at one point it did resort to kind of dirty jokes for for a short time and I thought that was a bit kind of below their standards a little bit like they were sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel at that point but they did manage to redeem it after that they brought it back with you know how he handles it afterwards so I really enjoyed it it was far funnier than it had any right to be really so four and a half stars from me so three from JP four and a half from Drew and to be honest I hadn't even thought about what star rating I was going to give it I just went into it hoping not to be disappointed (laughs) and I wasn't and it seems almost strange to give it a score out of five but I will Uh, I was leaning towards four but now I think about it I think what what more would I expect from a comedy film? And I'm not sure there is that much more I'd expect. So I'm going to give it five stars. I don't care. Yay! So Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, I've given five out of five somewhat sort so of drastically. Perfect comedy film maybe, for you. Oh, maybe 4.5 now. No, I'll stick oh, with five. <laughs> stick with five. So you gone, Steve. Come we've, on. We've gone from three with JP, 4.5 and Drew to five from me. If you've seen it, let us know what you thought of Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. Don't forget, also, throughout the show, we're going to be talking about uh, the longest period of time you've gone uh, without watching the whole of a film. So you started watching it somewhere, and it took you a long time to watch the bit that you missed originally. This happened to me with Prometheus. It took longer than a year. A few people have been in touch through on Twitter with examples of their own. Yeah, we've had uh, Tom in. He said he's still never seen The Truman Show all the way through. He started watching it over 10 years ago. 
Um, he says it's still it, it's good though. So I mean, I guess that's he'd seen enough of seen. it to know it was good. Seen enough. And uh, Joe Scutz has said the born identity, the only one I haven't seen all the way through, and he always falls asleep at the same point. I kind of like to know which point that is. Yeah. But born identity, you know, it's a pretty good film. It's a pretty. Uh, action-packed film as well it seems yeah. hard to believe is, that it, is he somewhat uh, anti-Paul Greengrass then maybe because you know the style hadn't been established by that I thought point. you were going to say mm. is he narcoleptic no. maybe he is, <laughs> is he? maybe this is tragic and we're just bringing it up uh, if, it, if, if we'd like to say we don't distinguish against narcolepsy sufferers it's a genuine disability a large part of our very, audience are narcolepsy we're, we're very very sorry let's we, stop talking about that we so. like to think we help with narcolepsy yes <laughs> or well maybe uh, let's talk about this week's Sofa Cinema, which this week was chosen by myself. And uh, I've slightly sort of bent the rules because I've picked one which is on next Thursday. But uh, because the show goes out on a Thursday and the podcast doesn't go up until a th- Friday, yeah. uh, I won't get to mention it otherwise. And it's really yes, important sorry. that I do mention okay. it. So uh, that will be coming up as my third choice. But I will start off with my first section uh, selection for this week, which was Gremlins 2, The New Batch, which is on Saturday, 17th of August on five star at 3.15 nice I picked this because I haven't seen Gremlins 2 you haven't it's supposed to be a classic and I want to catch it it is absolutely brilliant I think my favourite part of that film is the Hulk Hogan cameo I'm in already just for Hulk Hogan <laughs> cameo so uh, I'm not going to tell you when and I'm not going to tell you where but he is in it you just tell me he's absolutely there absolutely brilliant so that's Gremlins 2 the new batch Saturday the 17th of August on 5 start of, at uh, 3.15 I should say Sofa Cinema is films which you can watch on Freeview over the next 6 or 7 days that we've chosen that are worth <laughs> checking out I missed that because I got carried away by mentioning my slight rule bending I think it's I think it's fairly obvious by this point uh, what it is it's always you know you have to assume that people don't know these things no uh, that's true well the next film I'm going to choose is Evil Dead 2 which is on Tuesday the 20th of, 20th of August at uh, half past 12 in the morning so Monday night into Tuesday, Tuesday morning, morning. Yeah. right and uh, Evil Dead 2 is one of my favourite films of awesome. all time it horror is comedy directed by Sam Raimi it's both scary disgusting and hilarious all at the same time uh, we did a Evil Dead special uh, not that long ago when the new Evil Dead film came out and you can still download that podcast if you go to Make Attain Spoilers uh, on iTunes or type it into Google Make Attain Spoilers podcast you can find that where we talk about all of the Evil Dead films but if you haven't seen Evil Dead 2 before it's amazing an absolute classic check it out Tuesday 30th, uh, 20th of August at half past 12 in the morning or Monday night if you're going to stay up probably yeah. seems more likely and my final choice is the one which I'm bending the rules for, which okay. is The Imposter, which was a documentary released last year. One of my films of the year. Story of Frederick Bourdain, a guy who uh, is an imposter. And it's it's hard to talk about this without kind of spoiling it, so I won't say any more than that, apart from saying it's one of those kind of unbelievable true stories of uh, kind of deceit and just kind of gutsiness of being able to pull something off. Do you want to know an interesting story? It's very quick, I promise. Okay. I had someone come into where I work the other day and they were talking about that film. They said it was one of the worst documentaries they saw last year. Well, they and I, were trolling you. They probably were. They <laughs> got trolled. I urged her to uh, to message us and tell us why she didn't like it so much so that we could try and... Get a dialogue out. going. Mm. Yeah, well, not get a dialogue going, but like at the same time, work out what it is that you liked about it and what it was she didn't like about it. 
We've, we've had no such correspondence. Uh, I will urge her again. Well, if she wants to do that, <laughs> then I will take it all on board. But The Imposter is on Thursday, 22nd of August, at 9 o'clock on Channel 4. So technically, it does clash with this show. But you could watch it on Plus One, or you could watch yep. it sort of and, and, and download the podcast of this show after next week. So, Or, you know, there are multiple um, generic TV recording devices. Yes, available. I always forget that. Or you can record it using one of those generic uh, TV recording devices. So those were my choices for Sofa Cinema, Gremlins 2, Evil Dead 2, and The Imposter. Uh, you can check those out over the next seven days or so. Coming up in the next part of May Contain Spoilers, we're going to be talking about The Lone Ranger, and uh, also Drew will be taking us into Crowdsourcing Corner, which I'm very excited about. Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark and Enola Gay. You're listening to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham and with me are Drew Bridger and JP Stockwell. In the previous part of the show, we reviewed Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. And uh, if you missed that, you can uh, you can find it on our podcast, which will be up from tomorrow. Just type May Contain Spoilers podcast into a search engine or into iTunes and that's where you'll be able to find us. Uh, we're also talking about the longest period of time it's taken you to watch all of a film. Uh, inspired by me taking a year to watch uh, the first eight minutes of Prometheus along with the rest of the film. Uh, a few people have been in touch. Drew, you've got some more for us. Yes, we do have um, a couple more. Um, Ali Perdue has been on to us. She says, um, Braveheart, still never finished it. Okay. So, you know, got to get on that, really, don't you? Get on top of that. Well, not on top of Braveheart. That's weird. <laughs> Jennifer Baby's been on and said, uh, took me a whole year to get through Donnie Darko in one go. Tiredness and alcohol were key elements in stopping me. So that's a situation that probably needs more explaining. Do we want one, one more? Um, no, we'll leave, we'll leave it, leave it. So uh, if you want to tell us how long it's taken you to watch a film, uh, we're still kind of looking for the longest time. I don't know which one was the longest time. I think so. Was. Well, I mean, excluding ten people Ten years, that, I suppose, was one, wasn't it? it was well, yeah, show. ten years. But I don't. he gives me the impression he still hasn't seen it. No. So I'm not convinced on that one. I think the year for Donnie Darko is... Mm. And my Prometheus. So, yeah, yeah, if it's taken you a long time to watch one of the, uh, the whole of a film, perhaps you missed the start, missed the beginning, missed the middle, missed the end, any of that, then uh, tweet us at Film Spoilers with uh, what it's taken you a long time to watch. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Mm, but let's move on to our next review, which is uh, almost a damning indictment of how well this film has done at the box office because it comes after our review from Alan Partridge. This is The, Lo- the Lone Ranger, which uh, was seen by JP this week. And uh, the story of The Lone Ranger is Native American warrior Tonto recounts the untold tales that transformed John Reed, a man of the law, into a legend of justice. It's my brother's fist. Eyes cut by the bullets that killed him. From the great beyond, he will protect you. And the ones you love. You want me to wear a mask? The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabe. Better to stay that way.
All right. But if we ride together, it's to bring these men to justice in a court of law. Is that understood? So the Lone Ranger is directed by Gore Verbinski and stars Johnny Depp, Army Hammer, William Fitchner, Tom Wilkinson, Ruth Wilson, Helena Bonham Carter and James Badge Dale. JP, what did you think of The Lone Ranger? Well, I'll keep this fairly brief, obviously. Unlike the film. I know. Uh, and uh, seeing as I'm the only one <laughs> who has seen it. Um, Just celebrating but, my joke. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that... Um, there is, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that I was the only one that saw it this week because there is a lot that can be discussed in terms of a group setting because just there's a lot going on in there in in terms of what people have been talking about, you know, the potential uh, racial issues to do with uh, the Native Americans and, and things. Which the, get, the sort of comeback was always that Johnny Depp is part... Cherokee or something, isn't it? Yeah, there's that. There's that with Johnny Depp. But I'm not sure that stuff, makes it all right. There, money also money can buy with, you all sorts of pieces of paper. Yeah, Steve, there, you know? there was all. There's there's a lot of stuff within the film as well, not just the casting of Johnny Depp. So there's a lot of stuff that has been discussed and could have been discussed had we both, all of us, had seen it. But I'll I'll keep it brief. So um, essentially, the this is the kind of origin story of how. Uh, the Lone Ranger becomes the Lone Ranger and me not having seen any of the previous iterations of this I was coming to this fresh um, You weren't born in 1940 that's why you've not <laughs> seen any of the other well, exactly. Just, but you know I haven't gone back and seen any of the other stuff or anything like that so I was not really familiar with anything um, and I think that it does look very convincing there is there is a lot of you know physical and practical effects in this movie that's a uh, uh, two of the big positives I've heard are its action set pieces. There's kind of two main train set pieces, one at the uh, fairly towards the beginning, one pretty much the the entire sort of 20-minute ending. And I think those bits are fairly strong, which is kind of um, uh, expected from, you know, Gore Verbinski, who is, you know, known for these big set pieces in Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. But I think where it does kind of suffer is the kind of drooping middle which is just this kind of um uh saving the damsel in distress kind of set um motif where i kind of get the impression that the problem with it and this is maybe why i wasn't that excited about seeing it either was that with the pirates of the caribbean films you're watching johnny depp as the the star as captain yeah, jack sparrow exactly and in this he's essentially the psychic although it obviously they must have sort of bulked up they, his they've role. made they've yeah they've made it out like even though he's a psychic he's still the main part in this film it's almost like army hammer as the lone ranger takes a back seat because he, even in the in the synopsis that you just read out, the first person that they talk about is Tonto. Yeah, but he is still essentially a psychic, so maybe that's one of the reasons why people weren't that keen on seeing it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it doesn't come across that much in the film because I guess because there's so much of the film that <laughs> that you're kind of by odds, you're going to get a fairly even amount of time anyway, and I, I think mean, they do. What well, what is the narrative of this film? Is is it is it actually Tonto telling the story? 
Yeah, there is a framing device right. that is established at the beginning where it's uh, that part is set in 1933 and it's Tonto, you know... Re- retelling the story of the Lone Ranger and how he met him and it kind of mm. cuts back every now and then and the main thrust of the story is essentially them going after the his uh, the Lone Ranger's b- b- uh, brother's wife who they kind of had some uh, attraction to in an earlier life but n- now not so much because <laughs> that's his brother's wife uh, okay. But so I mean, the main thrust of it is this just kind of big, overblown western, which yeah, you know, looks nice, you know, shot on film and everything, which is rare and rarer these days. Um, the action set pieces are fairly solid, but it's just there's quite a long section of just them going to different places and a lot of plot stuff, which is comparable to Pirates of the Caribbean, I guess. And are they yeah. making this a franchise? Have they made it out that they're making this a franchise? Well, they won't, because they won't have made enough money. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously mm. they would hope for that, but, yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't look as likely unless financially. It is, unless it's huge in China, I think we can rule that one out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, let's have your score for The Lone Ranger. I'm going to give it a two. Two out of five for yeah. The Lone Ranger from JP. Ouch. If you've seen it and you want to join in with any of the debate that he's already brought up about... Uh, uh, things that could be worth uh, having a discussion about, then tell us what you thought of the film. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. Very exciting time for Make Attain Spoilers. In our 101st episode, we've got a new uh, section which Drew is going to be bringing you called Crowdsourcing Corner, which we came up with a name for, uh, I think, during the 30 seconds before we It was we about 30 there. seconds before we went when on. We realised we came up with the idea about giving it a title. So yes. uh, the general gist of it is that uh, Drew will find something on uh, crowdsourcing sites uh, throughout the week that's worth having a look at, which you might be interested in uh, putting some money towards funding and getting made. Of course, we've had like Indie Game the movie. Yeah. Film related, uh, of course. Film related, yes. Yeah, not just like, you know, oh, someone wants to make like a new so- type book. of toaster or something. Unless yeah. it's a really good toaster, yeah. I'm not that keen. Yeah. Uh, so things like Indie Game the movie, of course, were funded by uh, Kickstarter and there's been sort of very. Veronica Mars, Mars is another yeah. one. Veronica Mars was one of the ones I was going to talk about a little bit, but purely on the basis of how exponentially quickly it got funded i think it ended up being funded uh 210 percent by the end of its uh by the end of its time on Mm. kickstarter which was amazing the way this works is that someone wants to get something made they say they need to raise a certain amount of money they've got a set amount of time to raise that money and it's told in a percentage how close they are yeah and you offer money towards it in uh with some sort of guarantee or something in return yeah. so either a credit or yeah. a dvd or a cd or so there's, something there's like that. basically uh percentile rewards there's yes. like you know increments of yeah, which so you, you pay donate. more you get more but yeah. uh drew what have you selected for us Okay, um, well, I've got one that is the big one and one that I wanted to mention, even though it's already been funded. But I'll start with my big one um, for this week to start off with. It's a project called Metroid Enemies Within. It's by uh, Massive State Productions and the director and Emmy-winning visual effects supervisor, Christian Cardona. Um, basically, this is, uh, for anyone out there who's ever played a video game in their life, should know uh, the video game franchise Metroid, which is on Nintendo, and the uh, the main character, Samus, 
it's sort of a space adventure kind of thing and she's got this mech suit and she's this strong-willed uh, female persona character and basically what this is is it's a, a fan it's a live action fan movie of a storyline from part of the Metroid universe and they've got um, someone who's actually playing uh, Samus sort of outside of the suit um, which is not something that you saw in the games quite a lot um, and I think it, I think it looks really good. I mean, they're they're looking for a large total. Uh, there's 23 days to go on this as of now. Uh, they're currently 11% funded. Um, they do have a trailer on their Kickstarter page, um, all of the details of which we'll tweet. Yep, at Film Spoilers, we'll uh, put that up after yep. uh, the show and a link to it. Um, so they're so currently at 200 backers. So I think there. Last time I checked, it was 223 backers, 11% funded, at ten thousand dollars or something, with 23 days to go. Okay, so that's Metroid Enemies Within, a Metroid fan film. Yep. As I say, we'll put a link to that up on uh, at Film Spoilers at the end of the show. And there's just a short one that I wanted to mention. This one has already been funded, and it was funded quite a while ago, so it is going to happen. But I saw this a while ago, and I so nearly bidded for something on it. It's um, a project by John Schnepp, and it's called Superman Lives... Um, what happened, uh, what went wrong. And it's basically, it's a documentary that he's making about the movie Superman Lives, which was going to have Nicolas Cage as ah, Superman. The and Tim it was Burton gonna, film. The Tim Burton one, with Kevin Smith writing it. And he's basically doing a documentary about what went wrong, why it didn't happen, because it was going to be the craziest Superman movie ever and it never happened and what he said is if he reached his goal as part of the documentary he was going to visually recreate um, uh, CGI scenes from the movie taken from the script for the film oh, exciting stuff so Superman Lives that would have been uh, yep. I'm guessing you could probably still find a uh, reference to it on the internet somewhere. You can if you type in Superman Lives by John Schnepp, S-C-H-N-E-P-P. -P. So there you go. That is uh, Crowdsourcing Corner, Metroid Enemies Within, and uh, Superman Lives with Drew's suggestions for this week. And we'll have more on next week's show. Uh, because we're running short on time now, we will probably move uh, just quickly onto film news. JP, what's going on in the world of cinema? Well, uh, you promised uh, in the intro that I had to make uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Expendables 3 casting news sound yes. exciting. So I think probably the biggest part of this kind of triple hitter of news is that uh, Bruce Willis has kind of... Um, well, he didn't step down. I think that he was kind of rejected in a way by Sylvester Stallone after Bruce Willis uh, demanded too much money he i think he uh he was originally offered three million dollars for th four days but he wanted to up it to four million so a million a day which, that's a which, lot yeah for i mean considering his participation in the previous movies um who knows you know if it would have been an expanded role but it's uh pretty out there for but, a I mean paycheck. that's a lot by anyone's standards exactly it so, makes it sound like he almost didn't really want to be in it like yeah. he was just trying his luck and probably knew he wasn't going to get it yeah. and it's just a so, good way to get out of it so the the follow up to that is that it seems that Harrison Ford has kind of been not replacing the character but he's the 
the the replacement actor. So it's not a bad replacement, really, Harrison no, Ford uh, stepping in for for um, Bruce Willis. So we will keep you up to date with any further Expendables three casting news as uh, we get it when it's hot off the press. But uh, the only the only other thing to add to that is that Antonio Banderas has been added as well. Well, that's nice. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so what's out uh, on DVD and Blu-ray next week, JP? Uh, on Blu-rays we have Oblivion. Um, we have a horror film called Deranged. Uh, we have The Look of Love, so, uh, you know, tying it in there with Al- Alpha Papa. Another Steve Coogan film, yeah. Uh, scary Movie 5. Uh, terrific. Ready to pop on that. And um, <laughs> Compliance, which, which is, I am interested to see, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I'm quite interested. Uh, kind of controversial. Yeah, uh, sort of. Kind of real life. Sort of story, documentary, but, but told yeah. through sort of acting it out. I yeah. don't know. It's, a, it's, as you say, controversial. It's kind of like dramatic reenactment in a way, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And what's out in cinemas? Uh, the big one, of course, is Kick-Ass 2, which you can expect a review of next week. I'm, yeah. Already uh, seen? Or, or, or yeah, ready to go. Yeah, already. So that's ready to go. What did you think of it now? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, <laughs> there is also Two Guns, the new film starring Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. Washington and Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> is that what they're using on the posters? Uh, just the, yeah, Probably. Yeah. And uh, we also have... Um, what have I written now? Oh, sorry. Bachelorette and Aftershock. So, Bachelorette and Aftershock also out next week. Obviously, we'll have a review, uh, review of Kick-Ass 2 next week. Possibly Two Guns if we get to track it down. We've got a long time yet, and I've already seen Kick-Ass 2, yeah, so maybe exactly. I will go and see something else. Maybe. Just as a little treat If you want to see something else, I mean, there is also previews, I should just mention, of Elysium and Mortal Instruments, co- <laughs> colon, colon, The City, City of Bones. Bones. Cannot That's wait. It. So, yeah. all of those are From out next week. Wednesday. We'll definitely have reviews of Kick-Ass 2. So, if you see that during the week and you want to tell us what you thought of it, or if you want to tell us anything else about any film that you've seen, then you can tweet at Film Spoilers. You can email May Contain Spoilers at hot1028.com, or you can look at our Facebook page. Just type, type May Contain Spoilers into there. Uh, the podcast will be up very shortly, probably from uh, about this time tomorrow. You can find that by going to iTunes. May Contain Spoilers is what you need to type in there, or type May Contain Spoilers podcast into a search engine. We still want to hear uh, the longest it's taken you to see a film. Uh, a couple more that have just come in. Daisy Lucas has taken my mum three years to watch The Matri- Matrix Reloaded. She always falls asleep. That's no bad and, thing. And uh, Emily Anderton, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. For some reason, every time I sat down to watch it, I was invited out. Took me six months, which makes her sound really popular rather than sad. So well done <laughs> to her. Uh, we will be, she got a better uh, social life than us. Yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much. So, uh, well, that's it really for this week. Uh, until next week, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And hi-ho silver away. Fair, Roxanne's already had a red light on today, which is uh, <laughs> something which Drew helpelly pointed out to me, which I uh, which I forgot. So well done to me. Uh, so we will not finish with uh, Roxanne. 
we will play out a little bit of another song taken from the Alpha Papa soundtrack so you can enjoy uh, about a minute and a half of uh, a different song basically uh, two for the price of one although actually it looks like that it's um it's it's now not there so this has all gone horrifically wrong this is uh, still the police. This is very Partridge, actually. I'm quite it enjoying is, this. It is, actually. Uh, but no, let's We've actually... inadvertently ended up doing Alan Partridge impressions. Actually, no, actually, there's no point even playing. We might as well just talk over the end of Roxanne. To <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, was there anything nice at the weekends? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Maybe catch a film, something be like on, that. Be on Twitter. Maybe I should use this as an opportunity to say that I, having re-watched Prometheus, uh, loved it more this time than when I watched it the Well, first yeah, we time. can have a little bit of a discussion, can't we? Because I re-watched it as well. Yeah. And you enjoyed it more? Um, I think I enjoyed it about the same, but I, I still liked it anyway. Four, four out of five, if you want a, I think a I, gauge. Yeah, I think I'm creeping towards closer and closer towards five of every watch, so... I loved Prometheus. I'm still not convinced. No? Not, it's going to take me a while Have to really sit down and it? watch it. Uh, it's going to take me a while to sit down and watch it again. It's I not think. that long. I thought it'd be really long, but it's it's only two hours. Yeah, so Maybe, I mean, like, obviously it was one hour fifty when I watched it originally because I missed yeah. ten minutes, but I think it's, <laughs> it's nicely paced. Maybe I'll watch the Blu-ray with all of the extra bits on it. I've had a sleep during then. Oh, okay. Okay, well, we've successfully <laughs> talked up to the end of the show, so uh, thanks for listening to this very extra bit of May Contain Spoilers. Uh, if you're moment. a huge fan of Roxanne by the Police, then you got to hear it twice, basically, but uh, just with some sort of added vocals on it from us. It's the first time I've ever managed to play the same song twice, so I'm quite quite pleased about that. But anyway, that's it from this week. We'll be back next week with a review of uh, Kick-Ass 2. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.